0: You are listening to the Dan
1: Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Mark Sanchez, former USC quarterback, of course, uh, NFL quarterback with the Jets. He uh, stopped by yesterday. We had a chance to sit down with him, and the first thing I asked Mark was, "If you're walking around in Los Angeles, what do people say to you?"
2: It's funny. It's hit or miss. Sometimes I get Matt Leiner. <laughs> Sometimes I get uh, Adrian Grenier from uh, oh, Entourage. Uh, Vinny Chase. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's usually it. Okay. Mario Lopez? What
1: what do you say when somebody says, hey, Matt Leiner?
2: Well, this is funny. I went to this uh, business conference, and this guy comes and gives me a huge hug. Oh, no. Says, man, that apartment complex, I mean, I told you, it's blown up. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you know, we went out on the apartment complex, it's doing so well, they got seven more, I mean, I'm making bank on that thing, you're in it too. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he finally goes, come on, man, don't mess with Heisman guy, Now Heisman, now you're too big time, like, I'm like, dude, I, I didn't win a Heisman. <laughs> He's like, Matt! And I said, Mark, and he goes, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> just totally missed. Uh, good he month. he was convicted. Good.
1: Oh, con- not a convicted no, fellow. No, no, he was no, just no. convicted. Sorry. Convicted. Okay. Um, good month for USC football, wouldn't you I, say?
2: I think we're winning the offseason, uh, whatever, <laughs> news media battle. <laughs> but, but, That's for sure. And transfer portal. What does what Lincoln
1: Riley's style
2: mean? Um, you know, I think most importantly, it it seems like things are shifting the way it was when I was coming out of high school, and that was Carson Palmer, Matt Liner. That was the only place to go, right? Like if you're a SoCal quarterback, you look nowhere else. It was Norm Chow, it was Steve Sarkeesian, it was Pete Carroll. That's where you wanted to be. And for a long time now, I mean, look at all the guys in the SEC. Georgia took um, uh, the kid from Modern Day, uh, JT, JT Daniels. Daniels. Um, the kid from Clemson, Uyungalule, is, uh, is from Bosco, mm. right? Orange County, L.A. And then uh, Bryce Young's Modern Day. And these guys are across the country. How did they get out of Southern California? That's the problem, is it wasn't a desirable place to go. And it wasn't a quarterback factory anymore. But now it's Kyler, it's uh, Baker Mayfield, it's um, uh, Jalen Hurts. Where else are you going to go? If you're a quarterback, that's the guy. So hopefully that brings people back and reminds them that they don't have to leave. Because if we just keep California, even just if you cut California in half and took the southern part, I mean, we're competitive now. But all these guys are leaving.
1: Who uh, was runner-up? you coming out of high school
2: runner up Uh, oh next school um geez i went to texas ohio state notre dame Uh, i looked at ucla briefly but um yeah mac brown mac brown was great he was hard to say no to but jim trussell i remember uh we were in the horseshoe they had the band i had a ohio state jersey they put my highlight tape up on the megatron or whatever they audio-dubbed Keith Jackson's voice over it, and it was supposed to be like the Rose Bowl, and then they were showing my high school highlights on this thing. And I was like, I'm a Buckeye, done deal, <laughs> done deal. I hear Keith Jackson, the young sophomore <laughs> from Southern California, you know? And I was like, wow. And we're in Trestle's office, and I'm like, this is it. like I'm about to sign a paper, and I'm going to be a Buckeye. <laughs> and then he said, you know, it's it's awesome. Uh, every year we play Michigan right around Thanksgiving. Ten years in a row. Great football weather. It's been snow in every game. And I was like, what? <laughs> I looked at my dad, I was like, what did he say? I was like, Snow, we gotta drive to Big Bear for snow. Like what is the snow? <laughs> going great to football. Mammoth. Yeah, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> it so that was, was pretty funny. That kind of that really just changed my mind right there.
1: Wait, did you do any research on what weather's like in Columbus? I didn't,
2: it's silly now, looking back. I'm like, what a moron. <laughs> but I didn't, you look at the jerseys, you look at the coaches, you look at, okay, what am I going to do here? I'm, you know, it's a good education, great. I didn't think twice about the weather. No clue.
1: Name, image, and likeness mm-hmm. and where it's going because Caleb Williams is really the first true free agent sure. we've probably seen. I'm curious what he got from USC.
2: Yeah. Because um, everything's legal now, right? I mean, I just feel like here... In LA, you have so much to offer these kids. Um, you know, you can go speak at a boosters golf tournament now, ten grand, bam. Like you could get maybe twenty grand. So you're doing five quick little talks playing a golf tournament. There's a hundred grand right there. I mean, go sign some autographs at a dealership, like it's so easy now.
1: But how did the SEC master this? I mean, Young reportedly um, got $1.3 from Alabama.
2: And those are just guaranteed deals, I'm sure. Like He was making more than
1: Jalen Hurts was as an NFL quarterback <laughs> last year, it. Mark.
2: I believe it. I just saw that soundbite of um, Jimbo Fisher. Did you see yes, that clown act. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, That's I, awesome. It, I, he wants everybody I mean, to think I'm a great recruiter, yeah, like, and we would never pay for anybody.
2: I mean, come on! Come
1: on! They got they now got oil money down there, Mark.
2: It's it's legal now. Yeah, you know, like just just let it go. Like it's on. Because now you just sort of say, "All right, what do you got for me?" Exactly. And the parents, you know, this transfer portal thing is. Interesting too because I feel like the parents even when I was coming out like parents like to be recruited You know, they want to know how good Johnny is, you know and Now these kids like play a little bit their first year boom and they're in the portal just to go on trips again Just to go visit and okay. What do you have for me? Well, they said they got 30 you only have 20, you know, it's um, It's unbelievable, but it's legal.
1: I, uh, I saw Kenny Pickett Went to the senior bowl, and, of mm-hmm. course, he's got small hands, Mark. <laughs> so thoughts and prayers for uh, sure. Kenny Pickett. Sure. But then you hear he's the most ready quarterback. And how important – got big hands. I have massive hands. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. obviously, you have to have massive hands to play in the NFL.
2: I mean, I think it's a huge advantage. Um, you know, a slick ball when it's wet in the elements, it helps. Um, Favre, really big hands, and his thumb – it was, like, the, his thumb on his throwing hand that was, like, extra long. It was really weird. <laughs> but uh, I played golf with him one time, and I kind of looked at it like, huh, must have been it. Yeah. <laughs> he got some extra juice on the ball. But it's, it's something. It's not everything, but um, it definitely helps. But when you went to the combine, mm-hmm. like, what stood out that you you
1: realized, boy, that, um, this means a little bit more than it should.
2: Yeah, I remember – <sighs> You go. Uh, so if you have an injury, I had dislocated my patella on my left leg. Whatever injury you have, they look at, and 32 team doctors will go and crank on it. And by the end of that day, this thing was a basketball because I had hurt it my senior year at SC. So I'm like, dude, I gotta run a 40 tomorrow. There's no way I gotta drop back and throw. I mean, we were icing that thing, massaging that thing like crazy because they were just pulling on it, pulling on it, pushing on it, prodding it. How does this feel? How does this feel? Extend, (laughs) contract, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, you're like a lab rat. And it was awful. I mean, it was still so swollen when I was running and everything. It sucks. That was the worst part. Paul, you got uh, Mark's measurables?
3: Of course I do. Uh, Mark Uh Sanchez coming out of USC measured 10.5 inches on your hand size. Which is tied for 10th all time in combine history. Congratulations. Thank you.
2: I was growing him out for the combine. So.
1: <laughs> what, uh,
3: you got his 40 there? Uh, 488. I got 488, yeah. Right. Okay.
1: Where's that rank with other USC quarterbacks? Carson was faster than that. Carson's
2: definitely faster than that. Liner, that had to be faster than Liner. <laughs> if it wasn't, I would be pissed. Matt Barkley.
1: Uh, gotta be I don't know, yeah Paulie
3: yeah, 4.9 seconds for Matt Leinart yes,
1: yes, you owned him (laughs) two tenths, you you owned him take that, Uh, Mark is joining us on behalf of uh, Papa John's celebrating it's uh, New York style pizza fans, uh, unique pizza rituals and a special giveaway I'll let you uh, take the sales pitch from there
2: yeah, let's go, so basically Super Bowl Sunday, number one day to order pizza they just introduced this New York style pizza, uh, you know, 13 bucks, eight huge slices, fold it in half, dip it in the garlic sauce. There's nothing better. So basically what they want you to do is for a chance to win pizza, free pizza for an entire year. You can upload your pictures of you eating this New York style pizza on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, hashtag sweepstakes, hashtag what's your style. And they will pick a winner.
1: And obviously you brought in some pizza for us. Let's go. Let's go. Here Where's the
2: Hello? You didn't
1: bring any. You know who would have brought pizza? Matt Leiner.
2: Oh, it would have been slow. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, If I gave you Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford for this game?
2: I hate betting against Joe Burrow. I love that kid, man. I sat down with him right before he has this incredible ascension at LSU. Obviously, I'm not taking credit for it, but I went to go visit uh, Eddie O. Ed Ogeron <laughs> and um, Seton
1: does a Ed O. It's a great. Let's hear a little Coach Ogeron. Hey. Well, Dan, I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Thought you were doing Papa John's. <laughs> um, so I'd answer it if you were Coach O talking about Joe Burrow.
2: Well, Joe, <laughs> number one, go Tigers. And Joe, he got the eye of the tiger. He got a heart like a lion, and he love him some gumbo. <laughs> who, who would no, you take I, Sunday? Listen, I love Joe. I think he's so impressive, especially nine sacks in that divisional game. Are you kidding me? And that dude didn't even flinch. Most quarterbacks, your eyes just start dropping. Okay, I'm I'm guilty of it. Tom Brady's guilty of it. You name it. You get hit that many times. You stop looking downfield, and you're like, damn, i got to find a throwing lane because I'm going to get my head taken off. He didn't flinch. So I love him. I'd love to see him do well. I just think he's going to get another crack at it. And Stafford and I came in the same year. I just really want it. I want it for him. Okay. I really want him to win it. He's been through so much in Detroit, and it finally worked out. You know, everybody said, well, if he was with another corner, if he had a supporting cast, well, now he does. So I'd love to see him win. Did you ever get too cocky beating Brady? Did you ever feel like? <laughs> no way. No way. It was um, – it's, it's so funny because when you – you look at people like that, him, you know, Kobe, Jordan, like those kind of people, players talk about playing those guys and they know they got to be perfect. And you're hoping he screws up once, you know? You're hoping we get an interception on a screen pass by David Harris, who got caught by Algie Crumpler, by the way. <laughs> what? He should have taken that in for a touchdown. I think we missed a field goal on that. Or we did something, but I, I missed a throw. But basically, it was crappy. But um, you just know everything's got to line up, and you got to hope for for a bad one from him. And that was so impressive to me. That sustained greatness. That sustained success. It's it's incredible.
1: Did you beat him?
2: What do you mean? How
1: many times did you beat him?
2: Oh, uh, well, we beat him at home. My rookie year, my second year, and then we beat him in the playoffs. So, like the first, but you're not st- couple starting years, to we feel yourself,
1: like you know. I, all right,
2: I, uh, I, I just, you know, what I didn't realize, I didn't realize, like I knew what it was, but I really didn't. Now looking back, you're like, damn, that was just the first part of his three <laughs> Hall of Fame career. Yeah. You know, like part one. That was just part one, and. I didn't realize it because we beat him at home the first time, Um, so it didn't register. It was just, you know, this is a big rivalry, and everybody was talking about it, but we beat him, so I was like, whatever. Um, I don't know. It was was really strange, those first couple years, and then... After the first two or three, I mean, we just got smoked. <laughs> I mean, it was rough. It was rough. Uh, it's great to see you again. Thank you. Uh,
1: Thank you guys thanks for, for coming me. out. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the I Radio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. I don't know if you've heard this before, but Clayton Kershaw is a uh, really good friend. Uh, you know, high school friend with Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback. And maybe Stafford's playing, uh, staying in his house this week. I don't know. But Clayton Kershaw, the Dodger great, kind enough to join us. Boy, nobody brings up Matthew Stafford uh, to you at all this week, I'm going to guess. Right, Clayton?
4: First time today, Dan. Appreciate that.
1: (laughs) So your wife and kids don't bring it up. I'm the first one to bring it up to you. (laughs) That's right. When did you know that he was going to be great as a quarterback?
4: I mean, basically as soon as we started playing football. You know, around here in Texas, we do six-man football in fourth grade, and he was throwing the ball. I mean, I don't know. He was throwing the ball further than everybody else. And then actually we did track meets in elementary school, and instead of the shot put, we did the softball throw. And the softball throw, uh, he just dominated that too. So he's always he's always had a great arm and then um he actually is pretty smart too, so figured out the whole football thing
1: pretty good. He's pretty smart. (laughs) What position did you play?
4: So I was the center. Yeah. Of course you uh, were. (laughs) Yeah, I was the center. I so freshman freshman year football was the last year I played football and uh yeah, I was uh Matthew was on the freshman team for like 4 or 5 games and then he was up to varsity pretty quick, but
1: um yeah,
4: center. It was great.
1: But you got a good arm. How does your arm yeah, compare to yeah. Stafford's?
4: Well, I could throw a baseball. Uh I played quarterback like 4th, 5th grade and that was about as far as I went. Then it started getting a little chunkier and uh the line <laughs> was starting to be a little more <laughs> my calling. <laughs>
1: Well, wait so you're the guy that just said uh we'll just put you on the line
4: the big kid. yeah you know no i don't i don't think of it like that i think they're like hey you you can really remember all the plays and you got a little bit of athleticism but ultimately it was hey you're a big guy so you're gonna go play line
1: are you going to the super bowl
4: i am i'm gonna go i'm excited about it are you a seat guy or a sweet guy I wasn't too picky for the Super Bowl. I was just like, I'll just get get in the game. But uh, I'm a seat guy this time. I'm going to be in the seats.
1: Okay. Do you reach out to Stafford and say, hey, can you hook me up?
4: <laughs> yeah, I was like, Matthew, are you busy this week? Can you, uh, you know, I know we text every like once, every two months, but if you can give me a few tickets. <laughs> Did... um, no, actually, uh, I actually went through the Rams and bought some tickets, so I'm excited.
1: Okay. But when you're in the World Series, do you hook up Stafford to come and watch?
4: I don't think he would need me to hook him up, but yeah, I would. I mean, yeah, if he needed me to.
1: You know, I, I, we changed our opinion, or I think a lot of people changed our opinion of of you and your career when you won the World Series. I don't know. Did you feel? Do you feel different as an athlete that you finally win? And does that change anything?
4: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think um, no matter how well you do in your career, when you finally do what you want to do um and win the whole thing there's just for me there's obviously a burden lifted i mean i just felt a sense of relief to finally get it done and um matthew's in a little different boat because he's been good for so long it's just the Lions, you know he didn't really have a support system around him so this is the first year where you know the team kind of matches up to his talent level and um you know he he's obviously favored to win so it's uh it's i'm excited for him it'll be really fun to watch
1: but also do you think people view you differently do you get a different sense when you know the media uh,
4: yeah i mean it probably probably media wise you know when it ultimately comes down to whether you won the one or you didn't and how you succeeded in the postseason or you didn't so i mean i think definitely winning helped that for me for sure
1: but would you rather be on the doorstep going to the playoffs going to the world series even if you lost whereas matthew wasn't even getting into the playoffs for a chance to win a championship
4: yeah, I'll say this a thousand times. You know, I'd much rather continue to have success and then fail over and over again to continue to get there because um, that's what you play for. You know, you want to be there. Um, and failure's a part of athletics. It's a part of sports, and I think it's a great lesson. I learned a lot of things uh, failing as many times as I did. So um, obviously I don't recommend it. I mean, if you can just win it, you should just win it. But uh, uh, when I finally did, it was pretty special.
1: Yeah, but failing is a strong word.
4: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, when you're on the Dodgers and you make the playoffs every year, um, the World Series is your expectation. And, you know, I heard I heard some guys talking about that with the Rams as well. as like um, this team was built not to make the playoffs. It was built to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, the trades that they made and um, the first-round picks that they gave up, and uh, that, that's kind of the way we work too.
1: Talking to Clayton Kershaw, the three-time Cy Young Award winner, uh, are you going to wear a Stafford jersey to the game? I've
4: thought about that. You know, the, the baseball jersey is a lot more comfortable because of the buttons in the front. You can kind of wear it as a jacket almost. Um, the football jerseys are a little tight fit. I, I might just go hoodie, um, mm. but I haven't really made up my mind. That's a good question. You know what? Since you're probably not
1: going to get in your uniform anytime soon, given what's going on in baseball, <laughs> why don't you just wear your full uniform? to the state. And nobody's going to think Clayton, boy, that guy looks like Clayton Kershaw. They'd never think that you would wear your full uniform.
4: That's a great point. Um, (laughs) I'll put, yeah, think about it for sure.
1: You know, have I black on there. Uh, Speaking of the baseball situation, how are you updated on what is going on?
4: Yeah. You know, I, uh, um, I just listened to Walker dealer. Unfortunately, Walker is our (laughs) player rep. So uh, he uh, he's kind of in all the meetings and kind of doing the stuff and, I've kind of been that guy in the past, you know, 2011, 2016, when they were going through the labor agreements, I was kind of a guy for the Dodgers and I've kind of passed the baton. So now I'm pretty, pretty removed, honestly, from the situation and get updates. But as far as the day to day, I am not involved this, this time at all. But you don't know what the future,
1: the immediate future is, but how does this affect how you prepare for this upcoming season?
4: Yeah, I mean, we have to continue to prepare like we're going to play, you know. And um, at this point, I mean, it's February 9th. Like, there's no way we're going to be in spring training in a week. Um, but I hope we're in spring training soon, you know, so we get the season started on time because ultimately that's the goal. So I, I'm continuing to prepare like we're going to start on time. Um, but each day just seems like we're getting further and further from that.
1: What did you keep from uh, winning the World Series?
4: What did I keep? Um you got, I think I kept I kept my jersey, um, and then I don't know. Your your, your director is going to get mad at me, but I'm going to move my Zoom. So I, I have the World Series trophy right there. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah. So you got a got Kobe Brown. Bro. Uh, Wait, what else do you got there? Be be a tour guide here. You want to be a tour guide? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, okay, so so can I don't know how well you can. Can you see all that? That's yeah, kind of my yeah. That's all I allow to be put up because everything else just feels like I'm, it's just too much. So I just, I just do that. Okay. But uh, I have a, the, the Kobe and the Jordan Jersey are probably my two favorite things up there. I think that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Nice. And then yeah. you got a basketball. Uh, Yeah, that's magic. I got a magic basketball. Okay. And I got a John Wooden basketball over there in the uh, top left. Oh
1: Now we're showing yeah. off. Now I we're know. showing John off.
4: John Wooden is like my, He's awesome, what he stood for. Just so great.
1: I met him, oh, I don't know how many years ago, but I got to visit him. He lived in a small condominium, and I did an interview with him outside, and he realized I really knew the history of UCLA basketball. And he said, would you like to come in, and I'll make you a sandwich. So here I am. Yeah. Like – Yes, of course. And we go in and he opens up his scrapbooks. He makes me a pimento cheese sandwich. That's I don't awesome. even like pimento. But you it's, do now. it's the best yeah. damn sandwich I ever had and I just I got to open up this scrapbook and I'm there with John. It's one of those out of body experiences cuz I'm yes. just a I'm a reporter. I'm just a kid reporter and I'm going I'm I'm in John. I stayed for over 2 hours. That's and amazing. It, it was, it was just a wonderful experience. And, uh, you know, so I, I understand, you know, that. Yeah. that, that we, uh,
4: the Dodgers had like a leadership program, like right as you're coming up or a rookie and we got to have dinner. There was like 15 of us they got to have dinner with John Wooden one night too. And um, <laughs> it was towards the end of his life, but he, uh, he talked to us, took the time to like meet each one of us. And um, just such a, such an amazing man. It was awesome.
1: How well did you know Kobe?
4: I, I didn't know him super well. I got to meet him twice and um, kind of the same thing, just an admiration for his work ethic, honestly. I mean, I think that's what, um, that's what I admired most. And obviously, like how much he, the competitive drive and the spirit. But, um, you know, being in L.A., that's what you hear. You hear Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. So I got to know him just through being out there. Um, man, special.
1: What about Jordan? How'd you get the jersey?
4: I don't even know how I got that, but I've never met Mike. I've, I've never met Michael Jordan, but uh, you know, to me, he's to me he's the best. So I, I um, yeah, I never met him though.
1: No. Wait, how do you get a Jordan jersey? and You don't. Remember? You're gonna have a story with that.
4: I Make know, one I, up. I mean, I didn't. I didn't like chase him down in the parking lot. I don't know how I did it, but uh, it was probably some type of silent auction. Oh, okay. Charity event or something like that.
1: No, oh. you know yeah. what? Your house is quiet. Where are the kids? Yeah,
4: not usually. No, <laughs> no. We got two. We got two kids in school right now, and then one is playing upstairs. And then we got a like a two month old, so we got four now. Oh
1: man. no! Yeah, well, we're you, in it. Yeah, you caught me. I got, I got four. Good luck. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> Good, that's luck. awesome. <laughs> Good luck. Winning a World Series the easy part, Clayton. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm finding that out. For um,
1: sure. uh, thanks for joining us. Great to catch up with you, and uh, hopefully we have baseball at some point this year, and have fun on Sunday.
4: All right. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate
1: it. That's uh, Clayton Kershaw. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app
2: Unspeechable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts from. Let's uh, bring on the uh, former Bengal quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner here in town at USC. Uh, Raider quarterback, Arizona Cardinal quarterback, and a guy who's been a great contributor to this program. Let's uh, bring him on. Carson Palmer is, yes. is, is, is
5: in the building. Good to see you, boys. Good got, to a, see you. got a pair of uh, got a pair of freshies, uh, fresh shoes on there. Fresh J's? Yeah. Some fresh J's. I've been saving these for your show. They look good.
1: They look good. Thank you. We saw uh, Mark Sanchez. Uh, He came in uh, yesterday, and he had his Nikes, and uh, he had the the swoosh that was USC colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had freshers on as well. He did admit you were faster than him. Barely. Was. Yeah. Was. Uh, You're probably still faster than him. I'm going to (laughs) guess. He might have had bigger hands than you. I doubt that. Uh, Do you... I don't know. Do you have a ruler? He, he had paws. I mean, he had some paws there. Well, but see, pa- you
3: didn't just shake Carson's hand. Those His hands are gigantic. You have big hands. Mark
1: oh, Sanchez. Good size paws. Good size Okay, paws. check the combine here because I might go Sanchez, Paulie.
3: I have from the combine the 10th highest best hand size of all time is uh, Mark Sanchez at 10.5 inches.
5: Well, yeah. I'm not in the top. 10. I
3: have you at 10.25.
5: But oh, I don't know if that's official. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but check the 40 times.
3: That's
1: No, he did admit. I mean, that's the one thing Sanchez has on you is he has bigger hands. hands okay. That's it.
5: I'll take speed over hand size.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
5: Does hand size matter? It does, um, especially when you play on the East Coast in the wind, in the rain. It just helps you get a little bit better grip. and And you just don't see that many guys in the league right now with I don't know what the, the top ten is, ten-something inches, but you don't see many guys in the eights and nines. It just gets more and more difficult with the wind to spin it.
1: And Aaron Rodgers has big hands. He's talked about that he liked the football inflated a little bit more. And then you have the story with Kenny Pickett, where like, uh, oh, my God, he didn't want to get his hands measured. That's that, that. That's a nail. I guess he puts his hands in his pockets at the at the combine. Like I don't want to have you measure my hands. Like my my stock is going to drop.
5: It does. I mean, it, it, there's so many coaches. There's so many organizations that are looking at that number, and that's an extremely important statistic for those guys. Why didn't you run more? Well, I did run a bit. Um, and then I blew my knee out and everything changed after that. I lost a little bit of speed. It took me a couple of years. That's what blows me away about Joe Burrow right now is he blew his knee out last year, mid-season, and you don't see any ramifications from that injury. You don't see him tentative. You don't see him, you know, there, a lot of times you'll, you'll have an issue stepping into throws, transferring your weight, turning on that front leg and that knee spinning and rotating. You're not seeing it all with Joe. I felt it. For at least a couple years, and it took me a couple years to really feel 100%. With Joe right now, he looks 100%. He looks looks like he did at LSU or before the knee injury with Cincinnati.
1: Paulie, give Carson the uh, poll question.
3: Okay, which quarterback would you bet on? you got to bet on who would have the most Super Bowl appearances in the next decade going forward, Super Bowl appearances. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes.
5: I think I, I like what's going on in Buffalo. I, I like the combination of ownership, GM, coaching staff, and quarterback hmm. with with Josh Allen. I think the, the ceiling is extremely high. Not that it's not high with, with Burrow. I think he's got an extremely high ceiling. But when you combine the ownership group, coaching staff, and the division, you've got Miami still trying to figure it out for Josh Allen. Uh, you've got New England, who is still New England, but they don't have Tom Brady. Um who else am I missing in the AFC East? The Jets. Uh, Dolphins. You got the Jets. That's I mean, a- I, I, I like that setup for Josh to, to get in the playoffs, and I think we'll see him in, in at least one Super Bowl, if not more, coming up.
1: See, I said Mahomes just because you still have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Nobody has that.
5: For a couple of years until Tyreek Hill has to get paid, until tra- Travis Kelsey's next deal up. Um, they, they've got some issues. They're paying Patrick, um, you know, they're paying him a much different salary than, than Joe Burrow's getting right now. So Joe Burrow's got him; he's got that going for himself, salary cap-wise. But I just think Josh Allen's ceiling is only going to get higher. We're going to see him continue to get better, and we haven't seen the best of him yet, and it's been really good so far.
1: But it feels like that window of opportunity is about five years, That that you get that rookie contract with your quarterback mm-hmm. because that's how Seattle won with Russ. Once you start paying these guys, it's really hard to pay everybody else. The Bengals are in really good shape right now. Uh, Justin Herbert with the Chargers—they're in really good shape right now. But then that's going to change when those guys get paid fifty million dollars a year.
5: You know, I, I think the most interesting thing after the Super Bowl, whether the Bengals win or not, is the Bengals are going into next season with fifty-eight or fifty-nine million dollars in cap space. They've got Joe Burrow who is watching what they do. When you look at this Bengals roster. Pre the you know, before the season started, this was not a Super Bowl roster. There was not many people saying, Oh man, look how deep the Bengals are, look how talented they are. There, nobody saw this coming. Joe Burrow's watching how the organization goes forward after this season. He wants to know what they're gonna do with that sixty million dollars in cap space. His deals up is in in two years. He can he can sign a big ex- extension in two years, and he is really, really watching. Are the Bengals going to do what they did in the past, which is just kind of sit around and wait in the draft and hope somebody falls to them? Are they going to make a little bit of a splash in free agency? This is a chance where they can rebuild that offensive line, get another good swing tackle, get another pass rusher on defense. They've got a lot of cap space going into next year, and nobody uh, is more curious what they're going to do with it than Joe.
1: Yeah, and you went through this because Mm -hmm. the Bengals are a cheap organization, or they have been, and you have this opportunity. And you're right, if I'm Joe Burrow – like let's let's take advantage of this opportunity. Plus, I'm going to guess free agents are going to want to play for a team that's led by Joe Burrow.
5: Receivers, offensive linemen, you know, guys want to get to the Super Bowl. And Joe looks like he's got that magic. He's got the charisma. He's now done it. He's gotten here. Um, and the Bengals in the past haven't pulled out the checkbook and written big checks and and signed. A, you know, you got Chandler Jones, who's a great pass rusher, that's a free agent. Um. Th- there's some. There's some. There's some game changers. Devontae Adams. Adams is another weapon. I mean, uh, you know, if I'm Joe, I'm looking at, um, you know, Brandon Scherf, who's in Washington, who was a top ten pick, who's been a great guard, and All yeah. Pro. He's a free agent. Uh, there's some tackles that are free. So there's enough pieces to continue to build on this current roster that got to a Super Bowl that nobody thought was going to get to get them to a Super Bowl. So Joe's watching that, and, and we're all watching as Bengal fans. We want to see them make some moves in free agency, not you know sit around in the draft and hope somebody falls to them, get aggressive and continue to build on what they've got started here.
1: We're talking to Carson Palmer, uh, joining us on behalf of Level Select CBD. Make sure you use the promo code Carson40. Growing up in Cincinnati, and I tell this story often on the show, if you say you're from Cincinnati, people go, oh, the Bungles. Mm-hmm. Like that would be the first thing that they would say. As the quarterback for Cincinnati, when you guys weren't playing well. What is that feeling like every single day when you're walking around or your wife will hear something? Uh, just being the quarterback for a team that you know people around the league would laugh at.
5: It's frustrating. And And we heard Joe talk about it early. He got tired of the narrative of the same old Bengals. He's talked about... As soon as they beat uh, the beat the Raiders in the playoffs, he started talking about changing the narrative. And we're 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 a different team. We're a different organization than we were in the past. You know, being in Cincinnati, um, the fan base there is so passionate and love. You didn't hear that in Cincy as much as when you would travel or you would go uh, to California or you go to these different places. And somebody go, oh, you, you play for the Bungles. It's not that it's not so much the case in Cincinnati. There's so much passion. That's why this Super Bowl is so excited. This this fan base deserves this. They've been waiting 30-something years for this. They've never won a Lombardi trophy. So um, it, it's an exciting time to be in Cincinnati. It's an exciting time to be a Bengal. And, I mean, for Joe to be here in year two, this is the beginning of a Tom Brady-like legacy. You know, Tom got in early, won his first one early, and then continued to stack trophies after that Joe's in that same category of can he continue to build after this game? Can he win multiple Super Bowls? He's not wanting to win one. Joe's got a different mindset. He's a different individual. He's seeing multiple championships, and this is the start of them.
1: What's going on with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals that he's now scrubbed his social media of anything that's related to the Arizona Cardinals?
5: I, I think it looks like a contract play to me. I mean, I, I, obviously he's he's – you know, upset, uh, displeased with his current negotiation between his agent and the organization. Um, he just
1: wants to up this. He wants to get a head start and get that, like Josh Allen got in Buffalo. He wants a year
5: early. He wants it today. He did not want to wait an extra year. And um, say what you want, how, how different guys go about getting that next contract, it certainly, to me, looks like a contract move. And he's trying to uh, leverage himself and position himself for a contract this upcoming season. Have we seen the best of Kyler Murray? We have at times, um, you know that. I don't. I don't know what the
1: ceiling is for a a quarterback who plays that way, that style, and his strengths and weaknesses.
5: Well, you, you're seeing his weaknesses in the last couple games. Teams are not letting him outside the pocket. He is not six seven. He is not six two. He's not really six feet tall. So what they're doing is keeping him in the pocket. Unfortunately, from a contractual situation for Kyler, this, that was his chance. The playoffs were his chance against the Rams to get a new contract this year. Unfortunately, he did not play well. They did not play well. He lost a ton of leverage. And when, you, when you're when you a player in the league and your contract is coming up or you have a chance to sign a new contract and you have leverage, you've got to take advantage of it. He did not take advantage of the situation he, all the leverage was on his side. All he had to do was play well. They could still have lost the Rams, but he had to play well. He lost all the leverage he had going into it, and it's it's unfortunate because you don't get it very often. When you're a player and you're coming up on a deal, that leverage is massive, and and the weight that that carries throughout the organization is massive, and when it's on your side, you got to take advantage of it. He lost a lot of leverage in that playoff game.
1: Well, same with Baker Mayfield. He lost all of his leverage this year by being banged up. And I think that's why he kept trying to play is I want to get some leverage here. And it only made it worse.
5: Same deal. And both organizations are in the same spot. They've got to pay Baker and they've got to pay Kyler. Both of those organizations, you cannot regardless of how poorly Baker played or how, how bad that playoff game went for Kyler. You got to pay him. You took him number one. You're not going to go back to the drawing board and start all over and try to find the next guy. They've got to pay him. Both of those guys lost some money and left some money on the table with their performance this year.
1: Brady mentioned on his podcast that never say never. After, so he's only been home for six days. Now all of a sudden he's reconsidering. Like, what is it like when you retired? That first month you're at home. What's it
5: like? It was awesome. I, I wasn't at home. <laughs> we traveled. Uh, we went up to Lake Tahoe. I played a bunch. I, I did a lot of things I've been wanting to do. I love to hunt and fish, and hunting and fishing season, for the most part, is during football season. So as soon as I didn't have a job playing football, I did a lot of the things with my family, with some buddies that I wanted to do that I wasn't able to do for you know 25 years of playing football. So I think you know, Brady is a habitual creature, a creature of habit. He likes to do the same thing over and over and over again. Now that that's not there and he's just gotten a very short taste of it, I think there's a thought in his head like, man, you know, I could win eight. Maybe I could win eight. Let's see what happens with Chris Godwin. Are they going to re-sign Chris Godwin in in Tampa? Are they going to re-sign Ryan Jensen, the center in Tampa? Maybe he's waiting to sit back and see what happens. He's getting a little bored. He's used to starting, you know, whatever point in the offseason he starts training again and doing his flexibility But then
1: don't announce you're retiring if you're still not fully retired.
5: It's hard to give it up it's hard. when you've been doing it for 20 something years and at 40s, that level
1: i mean he could those numbers he could easily be the mvp this year
5: it's hard to retire on top too it's hard to retire it's really hard to retire on top i at the end was done my body was done i was beat up i physically knew he's walking off the field probably feeling pretty good Yeah. you know a little banged up a little beat up from playing a long season but now that his body's recovered he's starting to you know he's starting to feel a little bit better i i wouldn't be surprised if we saw him come back how did the Rams win this game? Up front, defensively up front. The weakest part of the Bengals is the offensive line. We, I mean, they sacked, they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. When you think about getting sacked nine times in a game, it's demoralizing as but, a quarterback. This has never happened before, I don't think.
1: You have the guy who has, was sacked the most times this season playing in the Super Bowl, and the guy who led the league in interceptions is playing in the Super
5: Bowl. That doesn't happen at that position. No, no, it's 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 been a weird season. It's been an amazing season. But when you watch this Bengals team, the the Achilles' heel of this team all year long has been the offensive line. Joe Burrow's overcome it. Uh, Joe Mixon's overcome it with just stellar play and and being uh, a little bit quicker, a little bit faster. You've seen Joe changing protections at the line of scrimmage. We saw him do it in the AFC Championship game, you know, on the road in Arrowhead Arrowhead Stadium. So. He's got complete grasp and control of what's going on around him. He can't overcome Aaron Donald just overpowering the center and bull rushing him and ending up in his lap. That is what's going. This game's going to come down to: can they get the ball out quick enough? Can they run some screens? Can they run the ball against Aaron Donald? And can they not give up six plus sacks against Von Miller on one side and then Aaron Donald on the other?
1: And plus, you know, you got Jalen Ramsey saying, "Hey, bring it on, Jamar Chase." Now, do you avoid? Do you avoid Jalen Ramsey?
5: You can't avoid Jalen Ramsey because you know at the end of the day, we're probably going to see Jalen Ramsey trying to match up with with jamar with with Chase. They, if you watch these last three games, they were moving Chase all over the field. He was motioning he was in the backfield. He was in the slot. He was out wide. He was on the three receiver side. The one I mean, they did such a good job trying not to let any individual defender match up. At some point, you're going to run into different situations where you just can't continue to move Chase. You've got to line him up and run a play. That's when you're going to see Ramsey on him. But Ramsey's built for the Megatron, the 6'4". He's built for T. Higgins. He struggles against short, quick, fast receivers, and that's typical. I mean, most big, long cornerbacks struggle with the short guys. They do really well against the big physical receivers. So it's not a great matchup for Jalen Ramsey. There's a quickness dynamic to Chase. There's a speed dynamic to Chase. He's got to play off him a little bit. So I wouldn't avoid him. I, I like that matchup from the Bengals standpoint of Chase oh, against Ramsey. Okay.
1: Uh, before we let you go, the longest run of Carson Palmer's
3: career. Oh, want to guess that one, Dan? Yeah. Um, I can give you a hint. It was with the Cardinals, and you were 37 years old.
5: Mm, wheels. I had wheels when I was How many yards, Carson? I'm going to say four.
3: <laughs> Wait, the longest
5: run of your career? Six. <laughs> 16 yards. 16? Yeah. 16 yards. Wow. I was probably at the end of a half when they were playing pre event <laughs> defense. Yeah. And I didn't want to risk throwing a pick on a Hail Mary, so I just ran and got out of bounds. Ah, got 16. A... I'll take it. Sixteen's good. Yeah.
1: You were Josh Allen before Josh Allen yeah. with that running ability. Do you do a drive by at USC, just go in and touch the Heisman there?
5: Uh,. I'm actually driving by the Coliseum today. We'll swing. I got my son with me, so we'll, my son Fletcher's with me. So we'll roll up to the SC campus and do a quick tour. But I, I, don't think you can touch it. I think it's in a case. Oh, which well, by the way, could. by the way, oh my, no, it showed up. It got there. It made its way to me. But the front plaque was broken off of it. Oh jeez. you didn't have it in a case in the man cave. We put it in the case. No, no. I'm talking about like a clear case where nobody can touch it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't
3: know. What, Paulie? I, thought Fritzy was in charge of the case. Yeah. <laughs> that was
0: Fritzy. And That's I, right. I delegated Fritzy. it to the back room.
1: Yeah, the back room got. Can you get it
5: fixed? I fixed it. Oh fixed God. It. Damn. How much was it? Uh, like, I, I just had to get some new screws for it. We're all good. Though. Okay, We're all good, all, right. We're all good. I'll pay for the screws. Cool.
1: I'm so glad you got that thing back. I love that you you loaned the Heisman to us. But, man, when that was going back and then we couldn't find it and then you were going to the College Football Hall of Fame, it wasn't worth it. It was not worth it. Level Select CBD. Go uh, use the promo code Carson40. Uh, We want to thank Level Select all season long. Great partner. And uh, you, too. Uh, You've made us smarter every Monday as we uh, recap football. Have a great weekend with uh, with your son, and uh, thanks for joining us. You as well. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Oh, uh, Paulie wants to place a bet with me. All right. I'll pay for your dinner tonight. Ooh. But what do I get if I'm right?
3: I can't. I don't want to pay for your dinner because I, I know how that may turn out for me. Okay. I won't order wine. I'll buy you a nice bottle of wine back home. Okay. Uh, oh. Nice for me. N- maybe not. A mm. $100 bottle of okay, wine. Okay.
1: Then that's good. All
3: right. The I bet think. is, okay, does Al Michaels eat a meal before, during, or before? Funny, you
1: can't do before, you're changing it. It's during the Super Bowl. Will Al Michaels eat during the Super I'm Bowl? I'm so fairly confident Al does eat before and after the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes.
3: Okay, between, some kick, point. between kickoff and the final whistle, does Al eat? I'll say yes.
1: All right. I'll say no. Al Michaels, he'll be calling the Super Bowl. He joins us, uh, his 11th Super Bowl, tying Pat <laughs> Summerall for the most by a TV play-by-play voice. Al, will you be eating during Super Bowl 56?
0: Dan, I love my partner. Chris Collinsworth is like a brother. Somehow, some way, he once said, I eat a whole meal during the game. Not true. I have a few junior mints. I have some grapes. I might have a snack well cookie. That's it. Chris oh. is the guy who eats like a horse before the game sushi mm. pasta all of the rest okay that is fake
1: news okay i will not be having a meal during the super bowl <laughs> yeah. okay uh to the judges so who won the bet well i don't think a snack is a meal i don't either fritzy i don't snack hello a snack. <laughs> i'm a winner sorry paul al yeah. i like how paulie goes before <laughs> during or after <laughs> the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> By the way, Al, on this date, back in 2006, you know what happened?
0: 2006. I think I left Disney to go to NBC. Yep. Yep. Correct. And there was a a rabbit involved in it, a cartoon rabbit.
1: And uh, you were uh, ending a 20-year run on Monday Night Football. Now, I'm just bringing that up. No reason at all that, you know, maybe you're joining another network or something on, uh, you know, close to this anniversary, Al. Uh,
0: I have, as you well know, (laughs) put all of that behind me. If you start thinking about other things, I promised myself this year not to be distracted, and I will not be distracted until Monday When I can have a ton of distractions in my life but I don't want anything before Sunday Dan I'm working like a maniac I mean look well for your television audience I mean I have like 9,000 pages of information ready to go for this game the best stories but all of them will wind up you know on the cutting room floor as they say because as John Madden said years ago we come armed for war we have everything available to us And then, as John would say, a game breaks out. And you do the game. But
1: also, well, do you prepare for a blowout?
0: Well, I I don't think you prepare for necessarily a blowout. You prepare for the game, period. You hope the game is great. Uh, And if it's a blowout, then we're ready to go in in a different direction. It almost becomes, Chris and I, we laughed about it. because We did have a blowout in the uh, Christmas weekend game between Dallas and Washington. And then it became almost like talk radio. You're going back and forth. Fortunately for me, I've done 10 Super Bowls, and six of them have gone down to the to the very end, including the last four. And I looked at it this way, too. Dan. I don't think the NFL has ever been hotter than it is right now, Dan. I mean, people are just talking about these last six yeah. games have been fantastic. And I'm just hoping that we get the lucky seventh. And it's not like when you go to the crap table, and you've got a great run going, and then you throw a seven, and the dealer says, uh, seven out, line in, new shooter. We don't need that. We need we need the lucky seven this week.
1: How important is it for you to meet with coaches or quarterbacks to glean information from them?
0: Very, uh, and we will. We're going out to see the Rams today. We get the Bengals tomorrow. We know the Rams very well because we had them three times this year. We've had them several times over the of the past couple of seasons. Uh, we we know them, so we'll see. You know McVeigh, and we'll see Stafford. And, some of the other guys today. And then uh, I think Chris Chris knows Zach Taylor a little bit because he lives in Cincinnati. I've met him once. Don't know Burrow. We'll meet him tomorrow. I think it's important. I think it's it's great because, you know, you know enough about them from watching them and reading about them. uh, And then you get to talk to them. And I find, you know, the really good stuff that happens is you get a story that hasn't been told before. Going into a Super Bowl, there's so many stories out there. Millions and millions of, you know, words have been written and, and so much time has been spent on television and radio talking about it. You want to find something that's a little bit different. So hopefully uh, that's what will happen, and that's why we've got, that's why it's very beneficial to meet with the, uh, the principals.
1: We always talk about players when they get to the postseason. But as a broadcaster, the amount of postseason games you call, uh, what changes or do, and how does that prepare you better – for the next one you do and the next one you do?
0: It's, you know what, it's it's almost like when you're a player, Dan, you know, you do what got you there. So if you go, you know, in a different direction, I know, look, I understand the magnitude of the games and especially the Super Bowl. And people say, you know, hundred million people are watching. You can't think about that. You want to break cleanly. You want to get off to a nice start, get the game going and very much like the players who talked about, you know, the first time is contact, a couple of plays into the game, they're playing football, and we're announcing football. So you don't want to have to think about all the extraneous stuff. Once the game gets underway, you stay within your lane. I mean, Chris and I have done a couple of hundred games together, and if we try to do something different or, or, or uh, go outside where we normally would go, Why? Why do you want to do that? So hopefully uh, the the game starts. We concentrate on the game. The game is close all the way. And all I root for, Dan, is triple
1: overtime. Can't get enough of this. How aware are you of, I know the point spread, but prop bets?
0: Uh, A little bit. You know, I I, look, I've been the rational, you know that. I'm the guy who's always talking about a point spread or the over-under, and I've sneaked it in through the years, and a lot of people love it. Uh, Now, of course, I can come in the front door because you've got DraftKings and all these other entities that are now involved with with the National Football League. You don't overdo it, though. I mean, in terms of prop bets, no. I think that's that's too inside football. Uh, I think a, a few people are involved in that. I, saw, I looked at them the other day. I mean, there are 18 million prop bets. So where do you go with that? I think you, you would be talking to a very a, a very small sliver of the audience if you went there.
1: Well, I didn't know if there was a prop vet. if Al Michaels will say the following. Yes. And there he goes. <laughs> you know, that's, that's interesting. Um, I remember
0: well, years ago there was a prop bet and I think the first game after deflate days and I saw it and it got a lot of play on the internet. And I think the over under was two or two and a half. And I said, let's just get this out of the way. Deflate. Date, deflate. Date, deflate. You know, <laughs> so I, went, I went right to the over. So, and there he goes, you know, I can be bought Dan. Okay. Not for a hundred dollar bottle of wine, but I can be bought.
1: Okay. Steak dinner. And a hundred dollar bottle And a hundred dollar bottle. Well, yeah, you can't have a steak dinner without a hundred dollar bottle of No. One. No. But um, do you talk more to Chris prior to the game or less so you save it on the air? No, you
0: know, we, we're always we, we talk to each other at least a couple of times a week. Um, we have our production meetings with Fred Goodelli and Drew Eshikoff Producer, director, Michelle Tufoya is working with us. We have Catherine Tapp in this movie. So we're all kind of interconnected. We talk a lot to each other so that, you know, we know the stories. We share stories with each other. And then we decide how we want to get there. But, I mean, it's it's going to be like a regular game in that regard. This is the same thing we do during the regular season. As I say, even though this is the Super Bowl and it's a big, big, big deal, uh, we do what we do during the the course of the year. Yeah.
1: The fascination with Joe Burrow to be doing this in his second year and like to say he's ahead of schedule is a a grand understatement because even if they're on schedule, you wouldn't think the Bengals would be here. How big a story is that going to be on Sunday for your broadcast?
0: Well, very, of course, he's the quarterback of one of the teams. So obviously that becomes a big story right at the, uh, at the outset. But I think, what I sensed during the championship game in Kansas City is that a lot of this country uh, either – I don't want to say necessarily fell in love, but were fascinated by what the Bengals did. They're down 21-3. Everybody's thinking, okay, Mahomes is going back to the Super Bowl third year in a row. It's Kansas City against whoever would win the Ram 49er game. And somehow, some way, I just sensed the way they came from behind. You know, for Burrow, nothing looks too big for him. I mean, the way he stepped out of a couple of tackles when it looked like he was going to get sacked, uh, running for first downs, uh, doing what he did that day, winning in overtime, and just uh, just his his body language and, and presence. Yeah, you look at a guy and you think, well, this guy's been in the league for 10 or 12 years. But I think the country at that point, unless obviously you were rooting for Kansas City, uh, kind of fell in love a little bit with the Bengals and went, wow, that's pretty cool. So that's the sense I get going into this game. And Burrow, of course, would be at the
1: forefront of all of that. you remember what you thought when the Rams left Los Angeles?
0: Yes, I do, because uh, this is my hometown, and I knew that in, in those years I'm doing Monday Night Football and every game was going to be a road game now. I wouldn't even get a game in Anaheim. Um, I understood it, though, because the problem in in this city and area was that every uh, stadium was a relic. And that's why the Raiders who had come down here moved out of the Coliseum. Uh, the Rose Bowl was not an NFL type of stadium, but a beautiful setting, but not for the NFL. Anaheim Stadium was really a baseball stadium that they turned into a hybrid football stadium. So I, I understood it. I was not happy about it. But like everything else, these uh, moves, they're, they're money or, you know, follow the money. It's, yeah. it's the old, the cliche about follow the money, and that's what the Rams did. St. Louis gave them a great deal, uh, a much better deal than they had in Anaheim, and away they went, as did the Raiders back to Oakland at that same very same point.
1: Do you think Tom Brady's retired?
0: If I had to bet, I would say yes. I know that there's some other things out there. After his podcast the other day, I didn't hear it. I read about it. I felt when we did the uh, the Rams – Tampa game that he that was going to be it I thought it was like 6436 uh that he would retire he would step away because he gave us a um, an answer in terms of when I asked him before that game about the perfect ending he said it involves a Super Bowl might not be this year and then he kind of went back and forth a lot so I did think he was going to step away I wasn't surprised when he stepped away now you've got this other thing out there I would be I would be surprised if he came back. I'm not saying he won't, and I don't have any inside information about this, Dan. But um, if I, you know, like I say, if I had to make a bet, I would say he's not coming back.
1: But does it work for broadcasters when you're at the top of your game and like you know you when how do you walk away? When do you walk away? Who tells you to walk away?
0: Uh, I thought in, in, for me, I mean, in broadcasting, if I couldn't do do it the way I had to do it and want to do it, and my brain began to uh, leak a little bit, let's put it that way, it would be time to walk away. And I've got some you know, people who are very, very close to me who would be the first to tell me as if I wouldn't know myself. For a player, I don't know, I think it's a very hard thing to do, uh, to, to walk away, because to cre- recreate the buzz you get playing in Super Bowls and, and doing what Tom did, I mean, he's going to have a really good, football afterlife. He's very smart. He's got a lot of things going. He can do any number of things. There's no question about that and live a wonderful life. I'm not sure you can ever recreate the thrill, the thrill that an athlete can get when you're playing on the biggest stage that long. I mean, you can do several things in business. You can do things in broadcasting, but I'm not sure you can can recreate that thrill. And that's why a lot of coaches sometimes will step away go into the broadcast booth, and then go back. Because at the end of the day, if you're coaching, you look up at that scoreboard at the end of the game, you know what you did. Did you win? Did you lose? In broadcasting, what are you supposed to do? Go on the Internet and find out that everybody loves you or hates <laughs> you? Forget about it.
1: Oh, it's great to talk to you, bud. And, uh, as always, Dan, as always. Dan. You know, have fun. yeah your 11th Super Bowl, that uh, yeah. ties Pat Summerall for the most by TV, play-by-play voice. And uh, uh, Michelle Tofoya's last game on the sidelines for you guys, too.
0: Oh, I just want to say, that Michelle, she has been such a great partner. I've done 300 broadcasts with her. Uh, basketball, we did the NBA back in the 03, 04 seasons. Football, she is the best of the best. I'll put her up against any reporter in this country print or electronic. And you know, Michelle, tons of fun. She keeps us laughing. I'm going to miss her. I'm going to miss her uh, terribly because I mean, she's just, she's just great to be with.
1: Thank you, bud. Uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, Al. You
4: bet, man. Take care. That's
1: uh, Al Michaels.